Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, hi. Am I there? Am I there? Am I there? Hello. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. Some technical issues. And I think I played a part in it, too. So human error as well. I hope you're I hope you're all there and, uh, and forgive me. <laughs> I am sometimes I am feeling more and more like an adult old woman. Dang it. Jeez. I always feel that way after I watch the Grammys. Jeez, so out of it. <laughs> At least I make an effort. I, I find them fascinating year after year, just all of this stuff that I know nothing about. And um, I find some of it uh, uh, off-putting, and I find some of it just astonishing and makes me wish I were young so I could understand it better and immerse myself in it and, and not be put off by some of the things that do put me off because of my, I think, my age and coming uh, coming up in an era in which some of what I see uh, would be, I mean, just strikes me as unnecessary. And I'm mostly talking about the unbelievable nakedness of the women and the and the just out and out sexuality. I I guess that's what music is. I mean, always was. It's, there's something yes, very primitive and basic about it. But I, I like subtlety. Uh, more than uh, the culture apparently does. Um, so, but yeah, wow. I mean, the Grammys, unbelievable. And if there's any doubt that it's black art that drives American culture, I mean, it, 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 that gets put to rest simply by watching the Grammys and then just thinking about history and when even when the white folks were up there much of the time they were just ripping off the black people i'm sorry to say that's just it pretty incredible uh but i have nothing of uh uh i can't i, I most of these people were were new to me um uh and i'm i'm always left feeling old <laughs> and and I am so I guess you know whatever and I thought you know given I thought this apparently the show was over four hours long I mean I bailed out uh you know early uh as as an old person uh, would uh but I I have uh found that watching the Grammys year after year is a really good way to at least stay somewhat in touch with what's happening in contemporary uh, popular 
music. Now, you know, I know the Grammys give out a, they give out a million awards and most of them, I guess, like the Academy Awards are uh, not given in the, in the award show. Um, and I was, I was noting the list of some of, of those. And, and again, it's just so clearly dominated by black art. Just clearly, mind-blowingly. And then there's all these weird things like uh, best global music album. What does that mean in this day and age? Global music. Um, now, it was an African who, who won it, Burna Boy. But music, it seems to me, is all global now. I mean, you... I, so I, I don't understand even the categories. Um, I want to note that Mr. Rogers uh, kind of won a, a, a Grammy last night for Best Historical Album. And uh, it's titled It's Such a Good Feeling. And I also want to note that it was uh, Robert Bianco uh, who once lived amongst us here in Pittsburgh before going off to USA Today to be their chief uh, television critic, um, that he, I guess, won a Grammy last night because he did the liner notes for the Mr. Rogers uh, album. Um, so I, 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 I don't know what to say. And how the hell Rachel Maddow wins for best spoken word album. I mean, so she read her her book, uh, which is titled, by the way, Blowout, Corrupted Democracy, Rogue State Industry on Earth. No, I skipped a whole line. <clears throat> What's with book titles now? What, what is with that? How it's like, one word or two, and then a subtitle that goes on for hours. What is with that? Anyway, so she won a Grammy for just reading her book out loud, which is titled, I'm going to get this, Blowout, Corrupted Democracy, Rogue State Russia, and the Richest, Most Destructive Industry on Earth. That's the title. Um, I actually think one of my brother's last books had a, and it was probably a play on this kind of thing, had one of the longest subtitles I've, <laughs> I've ever seen, but it was clear that it was meant to be funny. I don't think these titles are funny, and I think they're immemorable as well. But how would she win for reading her book? I mean, if you're going to win a Grammy for a book reading, wouldn't you have to be like, I mean, how how much differentiation in her delivery could there have been in reading a book like that? I can see, uh, okay, so this included all poetry, audiobooks. I'm not going to read it all. I'll just read the parts I liked. Karen Scott Alcorn, age 65, got out of washing the floors this week by passing away on March 3rd. 
He claimed to be born on July 23, 1955, but significant evidence points to no points toward extra. Sorry, I was, I was uh, uh, too much input from too many sources. Uh, he claimed to be born on July 1955, but significant evidence points toward extraterrestrial. I wanted to make sure I was pronouncing that right. There's R's in there that I didn't want to get wrong. Extraterrestrial origins. And then, you know, that begs more, but you don't get it, which is my one bit disappointment. And then it goes on to his career. His career as a university lab architect. Hmm. He designed labs. His career as a university lab architect led to innovations in designs, such as making sure the rooms had doors. Okay. In his spare time, Terrence found joy in skiing, woodworking, gardening, working with animals, and going to drag shows with his friends. Uh, he is survived by his wife, his daughter, blah, 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 his uh, brothers, his extended family and friends who all loved him, and two pissed off cats, Wisp Alcorn, better known as Baby Girl, and Charlie B. Alcorn, or Charlie Bucket Alcorn. So I like that one because because <laughs> it made me laugh. You know, if you can laugh at an obit, that's a good obit. And I I thank all who write such uh, obituaries. Indeed, I probably should have saved that for later because I don't see anything here that's going to give us much of a laugh. I blew it all in the front. Too bad. Too bad for you, too bad for me. Uh, imagine, I, I'm reading my uh, New York Times uh, this morning. I actually still have the paper delivered, which is an extravagance that's probably. For one thing, the paper is shrinking. The cost of having it on my doorstep seven days a week is growing. And um, there clearly isn't everything in the print edition that is offered in the digital. So uh, this little luxury that I'm giving myself seems increasingly absurd. So anyway, I say all that to say, so I'm, I'm, I'm reading it and then I, I, I don't know, it's pretty early in, um, maybe page six or something. Um, there is my uh, my sister-in-law, <laughs> my brother's wife, um, is is in the first sentence, and um, and then she's quoted all the way down through the first, and it's a story that I'll I'll tell you what the headline is. I'm not telling the story well, am I? Afraid the little ones won't know you after a year plus of enforced separation. So this was in the COVID section, and it's apparently a story they hadn't done yet, which is pretty astonishing. And that is how hard this has been 
on grandparents, but uh, um, as, especially grandparents like, in fact, my brother, my my brother and sister-in-law, because they were first-time grandparents, um, just as the pandemic hit. Uh, my brother happened to be in London when his first grandchild was born in London, uh, his daughter's uh, son. And uh, he was able, by virtue of being there, to at least see his first grandchild through a window in the hospital. But that was that. And then he had to hightail it out of there and got on one of the last planes where you could get the hell out of Europe and back to the United States. So that's when everything was closing down. It was exactly a year ago because the little guy celebrated his first birthday uh, two days ago. So, um, but his grandmother, who I call the baby whisperer, never was a woman meant to be a grandmother more than my sister-in-law. She is, she looks like a great, she looked like a grandmother when she was six. She just has that, there's a grandmother glow about her. And so it was particularly cruel that when her first grandchild was born, she could not get anywhere near that child. And then to top it off, her second grandchild gets born just months later. Her son giving her that child. Um, well, not really. Her son. <laughs> Sorry, Claire. <laughs> anyway, so she has her first two grandchildren, and I, 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 so, so she's quoted throughout about how hard this was on her, and um, she's thoroughly embarrassed that she ended up in the in the paper like this. Um, but. I mean, I, I have felt, I have truly felt uh, for her. It said, um, it's, it says she had collected a small stash of blankets, toys and clothes to tuck into her suitcase and reserved a bed and breakfast near her daughter's flat for the month of April. I would be there every day and help out and get to know this little guy, said Ms. Kohler, who is 63. I couldn't wait. The trip never took place, of course. Um, and so she has gotten to know her first grandchild on Zoom and on Face FaceTime every day. And it makes clear that, I mean, every day, because she so wants to know the child, to see the child. And he's walking now, running all over the place. This is hard on grandparents. And then because grandparents, although not Kathy, grandparents are often very, very old, and they're nearing the end. And so to be deprived of an entire year of seeing and being with grandchildren has been, it has been a cruel, cruel thing. Although the pandemic has had crueler 
things to dish out, I must say. Uh, all right. Uh, the, I, okay, can I get to my favorite story that I saw this uh, in the last four days? It was my favorite because it taught me something I didn't know about the natural world and how mind-blowing it is. And I just, it's not a subject that normally I would talk about, um, but I was so just blown away. I can't think of anything else to say by this story that I want to share just some of it with you. First of all, it is about, you know, growing things. It is about, uh, uh, not fauna, but flora, okay? And it, it starts out by reminding us that when you go into the produce section of a grocery store, there are things that are just totally misidentified and mislabeled in there. And um, so a lot of us really don't have a sense of what a fruit is or what a vegetable is. We classify things incorrectly. Um, and I'll never get any of it straight myself. I don't care. I just want to know, do I like it or don't I? I don't care if it's a vegetable or a fruit or a, you know, I don't know, a rock. So many of us know that technically tomatoes are fruits. But you probably didn't know that technically so is an eggplant, so is a cucumber, and so is a spaghetti squash. Those are all technically fruits. A banana, which you think is a fruit, is actually, get this, a berry. And I guess it's a berry because it grows from a flower that has only a single ovary, which I guess then makes it a berry. Don't ask me. Botany is not a subject I ever took. And as you can see, it is somewhat shocking. Who even know plants had ovaries? So a banana is a berry, but a strawberry is not. But let's get to the let's get to the one that I really need to talk about. And that is figs. Figs. In the produce aisle, the figs will be with the grapes and the kiwis and all the other fruit. But if you were to ask a botanist, <laughs> they would say, no, 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 no. They belong with the fresh cut flowers. <laughs> um, and if you doubt me, the reality is that if you bite into a fig, you will discover at its core tiny blossoms. So the fig has these enclosed flowers. 
that you never see that bloom inside. And none of it would happen without the wasps. And I don't mean white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. I mean wasps. Because a fig is actually a ball of flowers, obviously, that don't seek a lot of attention because you can't see them. It is these shy flowers. But if it's a flower, it needs to be pollinated, right? Well, how the hell does that happen? Aha, the wasp. But how do you get in? Well, the fig wasp is small, and the fig wasp owes its entire life cycle to the fig. And the fig owes its entire life cycle to the wasp. This is total symbiosis. Who knew? So the females lay their eggs inside, and then after the offspring hatch and mature, the males mate, it says, and then chew a tunnel to the surface. And just when they break through, look, blue sky, they drop dead. Nature is so brutal, so brutal. The females, on the other hand, step over their dead, these are the offspring that have, step over, and they've been, they've had sex inside with the male. This is also confusing to me, I don't know. But they step over the bodies of their, the dead males, and um, go fly off looking for the exact kind of fig because for every kind of different thing, there's a different kind of wasp. And as soon as they find the next fig, they go inside and deposit the pollen from their birthplace. And then the females lay eggs and the cycle begins again. But the females that have gotten in and laid their eggs, they too are doomed, like the males who tunnel out. They're doomed because when they burrow in to lay their eggs, the entryway is booby-trapped to destroy the female wasp's wings. So she cannot ever fly away. She dies inside. So when you eat a fig, you're eating flowers and female wasp remains. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, dear God. I just, and this went, believe me, this story goes on and on and on and on. And, um, 
it is just, it gets more and more and more fascinating. Who knew? There are a million different species of figs and of them, the wasps. And uh, they provide an awful lot of sustenance for a lot of animals. The way the whole fig wasp thing works is the, the wasp leaves a ripe fig to find an unripe fig, which means that there must always be figs at different stages of growth, unlike so many of the plants we think of, right? Uh, these guys shoot up in the spring and then they flower and do this and then they're done. With figs, the amazing thing about them is there they have no specific season there have to be figs in various stages at all times and this is why animals love figs because an, a hungry animal can usually fall back on figs when their preferred diet is not in season and often Figs are the only thing that stands behind between uh, an animal, a hungry animal, and starvation. Then the fig. Figs are the sole source of sustenance for chimpanzees at certain times of the year. And figs are what is known as a keystone species. If you take them away, the whole ecosystem around them collapses. It's amazing. I never particularly liked them, but now I am such a fan. I just had to share some of that with you. For those of you who don't give a fig about uh, any of that, I have uh, finished. Do I have a call there? Hello. 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 Hey. So I, I was, I have uh, wondered just about the figs and eating the wasps in the past. I've, uh, and I just looked it up again. Um, so the cultivated, if you're eating fresh figs, like that you buy at the store now in Pittsburgh, yeah. um, they usually do not have the wasp in it. But I guess sometimes if you're eating dried figs, they, uh, they, they have them, but I, I think I looked it up one time for Fig Newtons, and I think they fell under the the no wasp <laughs> category. <laughs> no, I don't know why I did that because I despise Fig Newtons. So, uh, so but like I think figs, figs. Um, the, the, you're not exact. I mean, the idea of eating a wasp is rather off-putting, but it is the remains. I mean, it is like mummified wasps that are in there. I mean, it's yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They've yeah, but if you think so, everybody knows. Yeah. Right, but like I, ha I have friends, and you probably do too, that grow figs here in Pittsburgh, and I don't think that yeah. wasp even exists here. So, uh, <laughs> but you, you couldn't get that wasp on those figs. And thank goodness they do, because I finally ate those things. I had no idea that figs were so good. Good lord, they're so, so sweet. 
I yeah, mean, I've always really thought of as yeah, they're like prunes, like something constipated old people have to eat. Yeah, or, I always I thought it tasted like the fig Newton, like those things are terrible, but a fresh fig, wow, that was a really amazing. Um, uh huh. Yeah. So anyway, that was all. So you may you may or may not be getting figs in the ones that we eat, but yeah, it's an amazing okay. story. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> See, some people think figs are interesting. I do, man. Jeez, nature. I'll tell you, I am so fed up with human beings, I can't see straight. So I I just tend to now gravitate to these stories that have nothing whatsoever to do with politics and our society and people who are so often awful. I'm just so sorry to say it. And then there's wondrous ones, but so often awful. God. So let's see. Um, wait a minute, I got a lot of stuff in here. I wanted to go to, this is just a little thing that popped up. Um, the first known walrus, not a seal, a walrus, um, has been photographed sitting sitting on the rocks, uh, sunbathing in Ireland. It's supposed to be in the Arctic Ocean. There is, I'm looking at the picture. There is the walrus. <laughs> Looks a little bit confused, but otherwise eh, not unhappy. These walruses are huge. Uh, the, there's a little girl who uh, spotted them. And uh, her Anna got her father, and the father says, "God, he's like a, he's as big as a bull." Yeah, sure, they are. They're huge, and the only thing that they can figure is this this huge walrus, poor dear. Most likely, you know, was snoozing on an ice flow of some sort. You know, lying there and and global warming being what it is, uh, the ice flow maybe broke off or or it was already off and uh, started floating away. And uh, when this big walrus opened up its eyes, it said, uh-oh, where the hell am I? There was nothing familiar around. And he was in the middle of the ocean and clearly going south. So this poor guy, you know, drifted on the, he must have, Ireland was the first place there, where there was land. So now he's stuck in a place where no other walruses are. And of course, everybody's staring at him. And geez, I hope they figure out what to do with him. They, the, the, the people who know about such things say, well, he must be exhausted and hungry. He's been through a <laughs> trauma and he just needs to rest. So stay away from him and let him find stuff to eat, which he will. And, um, you know, they have these big tusks and they use the tusks um, on land to dig uh, for you know, clams and other stuff that they can get on land and then they're off and they, whatever. 
a guy like that, that big's got to eat a lot. So they're hoping eventually he gets strong and finds his way home. Well, how do you find your way home if the way you got where you were is, uh, you know, hitching a ride? You can't. I don't know. So I'm not worried about this walrus in Ireland, but uh, it's not something I really should probably concern myself with since I have no ability to help the poor guy. Um, we have a caller. Hello. Hi, Lynn. It's Dave from Washington. Hi, Dave. You were talking about the grannies. The Grammys, yeah. The Grammys. I don't understand this modern music anymore. And I know I sound like my dad and my grandfather and stuff. <laughs> I know. But first off, I play guitar. So I'm, I'm not a great musician, but I'm a little bit of a musician. Um, there's hip-hop and the music that's out nowadays. First off, imagine any of those acts without dancers. Um, well, that's or, right. And you bring, yes, you bring up a point because – I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt because one of the things that did occur to me, too, all of these naked women <laughs> performing, are, it seems mostly dancing. Oh, that's it's, it. there's, there's no music. It's a performance. So yes. to, me, to me, it's not it's, it's some sort of performance art. And I'll give them that, but it's not music. What key is that in? There's no musical instruments. Music used to be musicians playing musical instruments together in front of a live audience. That was music. That's not what any of this stuff out and about these days is. There's no musical instruments on any of this stuff. It's well, all computer-driven. Well, wait, wait, wait. Some of what I there. saw, I put, saw this guy do this. He did talking so fast yeah. that it blew me away because it was actually understandable. It was like, blah, 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 blah. Say, it's, it's and performance art. He had a violin. He had a violin and a full chorus. Yeah, well, yeah, well, and that violin is so heavily manipulated, which I understand. I mean, there's always been studio manipulation <laughs> in modern music and stuff like that. But he's not. There's nobody out there saying, "Okay, we're in the key of D." Uh, four four music. Now here's you know there's none of that. There's no bass player. There's no guitars. There's no keyboards. The song, the music is not written out. It's all pretty much the same. You got this bass line that's just this weird blah 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 blah, blah and some kind of funky little percussion over top of it, which isn't really even a drummer. It's a machine. And then you have somebody just singing all these vocal gymnastics ah, with a thing called auto tune. So that everything is absolutely correct. And then the music cuts down for a second. You get into this weird little refrain. And then, boom, it all starts back up again. I sit in a bar and listen to this stuff all the damn time. It drives me insane. Um, but, again, what yeah. key is that in? Is it all written down? Do you have any of this stuff annotated? Can a kid at home pick up a guitar or sit down in front of a piano and play these things? No. That's what rock and roll used to do. Um 2009, I think it was, Fender Guitars sold the least number of electric guitars since 1964. Since the Beatles invasion, the British invasion, everybody went out and got electric guitars. Well, they don't sell they don't sell very many electric guitars anymore because that's not a that? that's, instrument. That's anymore. not where music gets made. Yeah. Right. Right. It is no longer musicians. It is now studio guys, and granted, they put out some pretty neat stuff. I'll give them that. But don't tell me this is, you know. <laughs> you do sound 
sound like your father. Sure I do. But you know what? I also listen. To, but now I listen to the music that my dad used to listen to, also, and I'm like, you know what? He was right. This is good stuff. Um, yeah, right. You know, well, also, whole, yeah, this is good stuff from way back there. But uh, I'm also heavily into the music that I grew up in. But again, you can get well, that. You can get that that um, um, music sheets and sit down and learn how to play it at home. You can play your guitar at home and and, and play all these songs. You can't do that with hip hop. Now, you can create your own hip hop. Or if you got a little laptop, you can maybe, you know, work it all out um, and learn the lyrics. You know what? I wish I had more young people listening who could take you on. But I, we're a geriatric audience. Bob Dylan was the first rap artist (laughs) ever. You listen to, it's all right, Ma, I'm only bleeding. Listen to uh, um, um, Homesick Training, Homesick Subterranean Blues. That's all rap. Well. It's the words, right? It's a, he's telling stories right. with, yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff um, that comes out today, they are some pretty incredible lyricists. I will give them that. Oh, yes. I mean, some incredible stuff. And I, and I know that that's, brought, that's the main appeal of it. But music-wise, that, gee, I, well, I can't. things come around. Don't worry about it. You know what? There were two performances I saw in the time I was able to watch it that were you would have loved if you, I mean, they sang, a, um, I don't know who wrote this, I have been uh, Oscar and Hammerstein, some wonderful woman who, again, I didn't know, sang uh, that song, uh, when you, I've been told never to sing again, when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high, do you know that song? And don't be afraid of the dark. It is an old, old song. Um, and And she sang that and it was mind-blowing and then they paid tribute to john prine uh-huh. with and some another wonderful woman sang one of his i think his last song that he had written and so it's still that that's still there but right it's not the popular music the popular music is this overly sexualized oh yeah, absolutely choreography i don't i don't know right, right. i yeah. You mentioned John Prine. You know, people for decades have been trying to get me to listen to John Prine. And I never, it just never thrilled me. So I went out and downloaded a whole bunch of his stuff, like his whole darn thing, and listened to a bunch of it. And I'll tell you what, I just don't get it. Um, really? No, nah, I'm not a John Prine fan. You know who else I, I just can't quite get into? Is um, Leonard Cohen. Oh, see, that's another one I love. You don't, I, you I, 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 right. I don't. I don't know why. Um, I don't. I don't know why. John Prine. I. I. He just strikes me as being a, a Bob Dylan wannabe. I'm a big Dylan fan. You know that. Um, for some people have been trying for decades to get me into John Prine, and I, I just don't get it. I don't get Leonard Cohen. That voice is well, a little too low. A little too slow. <laughs> John Prine's uh, songs are. He has created. Uh, you know, wonderful music of just human, of of the smallest little things in human life, and some of his some of his lyrics are just wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's about someone sitting on a on a backyard, uh, you know, in in the backyard looking at the laundry flapping in the wind and the you know train whistle. And the, I but it's just visual, wonderful. I don't know. I, it's his humanity that just freaks me out. 
That's right. I, I actually gave it a, an additional boost this year, like I say, after he died. All right. Well, let me give you it a still shot can't again. do it. Let me try one more time. Yeah. No, you know, everything is not for everybody. We all have, you know, no, you can't. But those two I love. And I love Bob Dylan. I have yes, I know more Dylan albums than any any other artist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably uh, too. And I think Dylan loved Prime, Prime, by the way. Yeah, I think they did. You know, they're storytellers. They come from pretty much the same sort of um, roots, um, root music, Americana, whatever you want to call that stuff these days. The oldie time stuff. <laughs> okay, uh, you. All right. All well, right. That was my daily, my weekly grump about something. Right. Okay. Well, I'm sort of grumping along too. So uh, you thank go. you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye. And speaking of that music, it it's been something I've been wanting to share uh, with you. It was a tweet that somebody sent, and I thought that is so true. That classical music. And by the way, they gave Grammys for classical stuff, of course, not in prime time. But classical music, most of the classical music that people know, they know from the cartoons they watched when they were kids. <laughs> That's the truth. That is the truth. I mean, they might think it was Bugs Bunny who, uh, you know, who, who who wrote Hungarian Rhapsody, but uh, you know, but they know the tune. Uh, so I just wanted to um, remind you of that. It is amazing how we, as humans, uh, gain information and knowledge what the sources are because sometimes what we know is i mean is from the cartoons like i'm right now looking at a video of bugs bunny dressed in tails at the piano and he's yeah doing hungarian rhapsody uh or people know the barber of seville also from bugs bunny um And Sylvester the cat doing, and the Roadrunner, uh, the Roadrunner uses um, Wiley Coyote uh, is often, uh, the stuff is from uh, opera, The Bartered Bride, uh, whatever. But we recognize the, the tunes. And in some ways that has always destroyed uh, the music so, so that, the William Tell Overture got destroyed by. So where did what is that from? Wasn't that that was a TV show that used that, right? Like uh, Hopalong Cassidy or something. I don't know, but that is how um, most of most people who didn't have like my father. Uh, uh, classical uh, music lover in the house. Uh, uh, they heard classical music um, in that. I think I have a call or two. I'm not sure, but I'll say hi. Hello. Hello, Lynn. Hello. Lone Ranger. Ah, that's it. Lone Ranger. <laughs> I got a Bob Dylan story for you. 
Okay. I heard this, uh, I don't know where I heard it, not too, just a couple of days ago, as a matter of fact. Anyway, Bob Dylan's walking down uh, the streets of New York, and some lady called the police and said, there's a homeless guy wandering around, you know, out on the sidewalk. So the cops came. They actually arrested him, took him into the precinct, and one of the cops there said, do you know who that is? And the guy says, who the hell is Robert Zimmerman? I guess he used his real name, and nobody knew that it was Bob Dylan. I remember that story, but I think it was in New Jersey, and I think he was wandering around looking for some Bruce Springsteen uh, place of some sort. I don't know, something like that. But yeah, he got he does look like a homeless man. Yeah, he does. Little confirmed. Yeah. yeah. All right. That, that's all I had, Lynn. Thank you. That's Bye. great. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Now I don't know if there's somebody else there, but if there is, hello. Maybe not. Uh Beth says she has a mindless question for the audience. Okay, I'm into that. Uh, Here we go. Now that we are seeing light at the end of the COVID tunnel, a question to you in the audience. And there are, are there things you did during COVID that you are going to keep on doing? See, this is sort of like what I mentioned last week, is that I feel some ambivalence about leaving all of this pandemic experience behind. I It provided great cover for those of us who are not necessarily constantly social or sociable. <laughs> um, it was harder on people who have a constant, you know, need for human companionship. I'd rather sit around with figs. Um, but yeah. Okay. So here's the question. Her is... She's going to wear a mask during flu season. I, th- I said the same. I think I will too. She says, I never grew a garden in my life, but we did one last year and we're excited to do it again. That's a wonderful positive from there. And and then they canned, canning. And uh, she's found it's okay being a homebody. I think a lot, yeah. We'll find that there are things that we can take away that are positives. We certainly got to know ourselves better. Uh, in many ways, right? Now, I did something that I haven't done uh, in over a year uh, this weekend. I went with old fogey, fully vaccinated friends to a restaurant. I had not been to a restaurant. Um, And while it was, I thought I would be more blown away as a blown away again, I got to come up with it. I thought I would have been more thrilled than I was. And I, I was a little disappointed in my own reaction. So I thought to myself, so this is what you've been missing. And I thought, yeah, okay, well, it's nice. But I was underwhelmed. So, yeah. So Beth 
says. I, I have to say the one thing that was great during COVID was when you got the invite. Yes, that's it. We, we've lost our excuse. The invitation to a baby shower, birthday parties, family functions, you just say, i sorry, can't do. But what if there's on Zoom? Then you were stuck. But on Zoom, you could sort of wander away a little bit too, or all of a sudden have technical difficulties and disappear. Uh, so yeah, Beth says I'll miss the COVID cover. <laughs> the great excuse of COVID, indeed. About papers being delivered, Bree, writing from Malaysia, says, my neighbor gets a newspaper delivered every day and the delivery guy has a noisy motorbike and comes at 7 a.m. <laughs> Needless to say, I wish he would go digital. Yeah, yeah. My paper guy must be so quiet that, you know, anyone who approaches our front door, my dog goes crazy. My dog has never roused from his sleep when the guy who delivers my paper drops it. Uh, so I can't quite figure that. Um, oh, dear. I got I thought I wasn't going to have enough stuff for today, and I haven't gotten to half of it, not even a third of it. Um, I suppose I should thank the pigs, pigs, the figs for that. Uh, Henry writes, Lynn, I'm late to the show, so if you covered this in advance, but I watched all four hours of the grand, oh, geez, Henry. And the later the show ran, the raunchier it got. Wow. That performance by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion was just about the worst I've ever seen. Well, it it is raunchy as all hell. I mean, I've seen the video, so I don't know what they did live. Okay, I'll let Henry talk. Not only was there no musical value, there was nothing entertaining about it except maybe for its shock value. Funny thing is, it came right after a very strong statement by the Recording Academy about their tolerance policy for minorities, women, and sexuality. I'm sure that was a well-planned statement. Well, um, yeah, I it troubles me. The uh, don't tell me that the uh, I don't see male entertainers. Uh, having to uh, enter, having to perform in songs, God forbid. But that's what these women are doing. I will say, and I do appreciate the black women, like the two you saw, who by white standards are hefty women. I love that black culture does not devalue big black women. They find big black women sexy. And I sometimes admittedly looked wist look wistfully as a white woman who's lived in a white culture um, because we are held 
to the most ludicrous standard of what is considered a beautiful woman's body. Um, but why do women, I mean, you know, the, I'm the old feminist here. I don't understand. This is what we fought for, I guess. And I think it might be that just a lot of the culture is so sexualized. And I find it a turnoff, as I said, subtlety. There's nothing more, if everything is out there and available, what's erotic? How, doesn't that kill eroticism? You know, it, how does somebody get excited anymore? Oh, that, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, it used to be, you know, when people were more covered up, a, a, you know, a woman bearing a shoulder would be an extraordinary turn on because that which is not readily uh, available all the time is something that, yeah, arouses interest <laughs> and just plain old arouses. But if it's all just flat out out there, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't get it, but, uh, you know, this is where we are. And I've often expressed my, you know, lack of affection or respect for much of our culture, our popular culture. And what it continues to do to women is one of the big, big, big reasons. And with women in full support of it, seemingly. Um, so I really don't get it. Still screwing up little girls' heads and let alone sexual development. Uh, geez, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So it has lots of stuff to talk about. This Vatican thing, not good for the gay Catholics. They say they cannot bless. Say, and this is this is this pope can't bless same sex marriage or civil unions or anything. He'll only bless you if you're not doing it. On the other hand, they make clear that they also don't bless unions uh, before you know premarital. They're hanging with you. Can't do it till you get married. Put a ring on the finger. Yeah. So. I find that sort of ridiculously going in the other direction. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, guys, I guess I'm I'm out of time. Jeez. Uh and I and I really I didn't I had some heavy duty subjects and I'm delighted I didn't get to them. Uh maybe I'll I'll force my sister into it uh tomorrow. Okay? Uh enjoy your day. Stay safe, and uh, I'll talk at you tomorrow. Bye. Lincoln Live. 
Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.